0: And we're going to go to 1 Peter, chapter 1, starting on verse 3. First Peter, chapter 1, standing on verse 3. And praise God. Amen? Amen. The word of the Lord reads like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that face not away reserving heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through many false temptations. Verse 7 That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now skip with me to verse 13. It says, Wherefore, give up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lusts, in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of living. Verse 16. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Father, we thank you for your word. Because your word is true. And your true word are the living life. Father God, the fountain of life. Father God. I pray that your word will be revealed to us. Father God. And that you will touch our hearts today. Holy Spirit, take control of this service. This house belongs to you. Have your way in this place. Move among us. Touch our hearts that we may receive, our minds that we may understand, our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear what your spirit is telling your church this morning, Father God. Again, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will take control of this service. Put your words in my mouth, Father God. We need to hear from you today, Father God. We need to hear from you, Lord. And I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I titled today's message, Receiving the King of Glory. Receiving the King of Glory. You know, when we invite people to our house, which we haven't done much since the pandemic, unfortunately. But when we invite people over to our house, my wife make sure that the house is clean. She makes sure that everything from the front of the house leading to our front door to the steps leading to our living room and dining room are clean and comfortable. The best thing that I do at that time is to stay out of the way and do whatever she asks me to do. Which sometimes means going to the store to get some groceries because she's cooking. She's cooking a feast a banquet for our guests, and then she gets out the best china out there, the best plates and glasses that I never get to see, all right? And she puts them all there. And we also find out if our guests have any particular rest- the dietary restrictions, right? Or if there's something that they really enjoy eating, right? And we also make sure, and this is the tough part, make sure that we are also in a relaxed mood and inviting and welcoming. Why do we do all this? Why do we go through all of this? Because we want to feel our guests like a special member of our family. We want them to feel more comfortable as they come into our house. We don't want them rushing out of our house because they feel uncomfortable with something that they see or something that we say. You want to avoid that. We want to make them feel relaxed and stay and enjoy our time together. Sometimes they're too relaxed and we have to kick them out. But that's a different sermon for another day. Amen? But that's what we do. And I'm sure that many of you do the same thing. Because we want people to come to our house to feel comfortable. We want to receive them in a special way. In a similar way, 2,000 years ago, the people of Jerusalem received their King of Glory in a very special way. The word that in, we found that story in Matthew chapter 21 where a multitude was following the Lord as He came in through Jerusalem. And they were spreading their garments on the road before Him. And some were cutting branches of trees and they were spreading them before them on the road. And some were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David, which means praise. To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that is what we call today Palm Sunday, which is the day that traditionally many churches celebrate or remember that event that took place 2,000 years ago. And it's nice, nice to do that. And at the end of the service, I think you have some palms in there, and we'll try to recreate that event. I don't expect you to lay your garments on the, on the floor, but... We have palms, amen. And it's nice to do. It's a nice celebration, nice tradition. But I think the Lord wants us to go beyond just celebrating a tradition. He wants us to go beyond that. He wants us to be ready to receive him when he comes back. He wants us to go beyond just celebrating this once a year. And he wants us to be ready to receive him in a special way when he comes back, because he is coming back, right? I don't know about you, just look around. The day is approaching. I don't know when that is, amen, only Father God knows, but the day is approaching. A year after the lockdown and we're still wearing face masks, right? And hopefully, I don't know when we can take this off. Uh, We still have restrictions on our building capacities. And as sad as it is, we still have senseless shootings going on. Like what happened in Boulder, Colorado, Virginia Beach, just recently. There's still a lot of people living in fear. And many people were still out of a job. So the Lord is coming back and he wants us to be ready when he comes back. You and I were not there 2,000 years ago to receive him as he walked through Jerusalem. We didn't have that opportunity. But we may have an opportunity to receive him when he comes back for his church. And the question for us is, are we preparing, are you preparing yourselves to receive him? Just like my wife makes sure that everything is ready when our guests come in, are you ready to receive the King of Glory? When the, our Lord was about to enter Jerusalem, on that day, he had instructions for the disciples. Go to such a place. there's a donkey in there, don't worry about it, you won't get arrested, I already took care of it. In the same way, I believe that the Lord has left us instructions in his word about his second coming and what we need to do to get ready for his return. So I would like us to go back to that passage that we read. And we're going to go verse by verse and see what the Lord has for us this morning. So go back to, with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start on verse 3. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise God. Amen. The Lord is good. Amen? amen. I cannot see you smiling with the face mask. You know how to do a little more than that to make sure that you're following along. <laughs> a thumbs up. I like that, Robert. Thumbs up. is nice. And for those online, well, I don't know. Maybe you can send me a chat as I looked over here on my phone, okay? It's uh, very difficult to keep track of all these things, so bear with me. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, or born and be born again, unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow, what a way to start a letter. First things to notice is that by the mercy of God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which we'll celebrate next Sunday, we are be given a new life and a living hope, a living hope. You have been given a new life and not a dead hope on something that cannot change things, but you've been given a living hope by the mercy of God through Jesus Christ's resurrection. Amen? That's verse 3. Keep that in mind. Let's go to verse 4. It says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away reserved in heaven for you. So if your new life and your new living hope was not enough, Lord has reserved for us an inheritance which which is incorruptible. Amen. It doesn't fade away. Guess what? Everything that you own, and praise God, if you have things, will fade away one day. They get corrupted. You get a new car, after a few weeks, just look closely. The paint is chipping away already. Man, that drives me crazy. (laughs) So I want that car to look exactly the same way I took it out of the dealer that day. But things corrupt. It's just the way things are. They corrupt. They fade away. The things that look nice when you buy your clothes. After a year or whatever of wearing them, they fade away. But that's not what the Lord has for us. He has reserved for us in heaven an inheritance that will never fade away. But you get excited about those things. But you get excited about that. So you've been given a new life, a living hope. And there is something for you reserved in heaven that will not fade away. It's uncorruptible. Let's keep going. Verse 5. Who are kept, that's you and I, by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So this is the first reference that Peter does for our Lord's second coming. It's not a direct reference. You have to read in there. So what is he saying? He's saying that first, that our faith, the faith that you have in Jesus Christ, is guarding you through the power of God so that you can be kept until the day that salvation is revealed. And what is that salvation? Our Lord Jesus Christ. So your faith in Christ, God is using that through his power to keep you until that day when Jesus Christ is revealed, when your salvation is revealed. Amen? So that is what Peter is saying for us in here. Verse 6 and 7. Wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through many temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than a gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. This is the second reference to the Lord's coming. And now it's a direct reference. You see that it says, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Two times now Peter has said something about the Lord coming back because it's a great event that the church is expecting. So Peter is already twice in these verses mentioned the Lord is coming back. And what is he saying? He's saying in verse 6, we rejoice. We rejoice. Why do we rejoice? Because of what we just read. We're giving a new life, a living hope an incorruptible inheritance, and we are kept by the power of God through our faith. That should rejoice us. We should be a people full of joy. We should be rejoicing. We should be jumping up and down. No, just kidding, right now. But you should. Sure? It's okay. You should be excited. When I read those verses, it always excites me. I say, wow, what a powerful statement Peter is saying you know, to us, to the church back then and to us. Even though we rejoice, even though for some period of time, for a season, we may be going through some difficulties. In 2020, was a difficult year. And we still, some of us are still going through some difficult times for a season. There's some trials that we had to go. But these difficulties, they have a purpose. They are not Just random things that happen to good people. Why do bad things happen to good people? No, it's not that way for us, for the Christian. These trials, these difficulties that you're facing, if you're facing some of them, they have a purpose. Peter tells us right there to try our faith, to try our faith, which is more precious than gold. I haven't checked the price of gold lately, but I'm sure it's up up and up, right? It never comes down. But our faith is more precious than that. Our faith, the faith that you and I have on Jesus Christ is more precious than gold. So that trial, that difficulty that you're going through has a purpose to try your faith so that it may be found true. And when it's found true, it will result in praise, glory, and honor when our Lord returns. When that faith is found true, it will result In you praising and honoring the king of glory with the true heart. Just like the people in 2,000 years ago praised and yelled and shouted, Hosanna, you'll be able to do that when the king of glory returns with a true, true heart. So if you are going through a tough time, hang in there. God the Father is getting you ready for his son's return. If you go into a difficult time, hang in there. There's a purpose. And the purpose is that God the Father wants you to be ready. He wants your faith to be ready when His Son returns, so that you can praise Him and honor Him with a true heart. So rejoice. We rejoice. I know it's hard. It is okay to be sad and to feel the pain, but rejoice. You are being tried. Your face is being tried out so that you're ready when the Lord returns. The Lord wants us to be ready so that we can shout Hosanna to the King of Glory. Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you say it not because it's something nice to say. You say it because you feel like saying it. And nobody has to tell you say it. You don't need a cheerleader. You won't need one to say those words. It will come out of your heart when you see the King of Glory appearing. You will have no words to say other than praise it. Blessed be the God. Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. And he will receive that praise and honor for his children. And that will be a glorious day for you and I. But we need to be ready. We need to be ready. The house has to be clean. You need to have the food ready. Get the best shine out there. The kingdom of glory is coming. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. That's what the Lord is saying here. Let's look at verse 8 and 9. It says, Whom, that is Christ, having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice. Here's the word again. With joy and of one full of glory. Receiving the end of your face, even the salvation of your soul. So you and I have not seen Jesus face to face. I don't think anybody here has. I haven't. I have some visions and dreams, but I have never seen him face to face. I have sensed his spirit many times, right? But I haven't seen him face, yet you and I believe in him. We have not seen him, yet we believe him and we rejoice, that's the word again, we rejoice with unspeakable joy full of glory. Wow. Wow. It is this faith that should result in joy which will carry us through the end. It is this faith that should result in joy that will carry you through the end so that you're ready when he comes back. So what so far, let me summarize so far what we had read this far, it says, how do you get ready to receive the king of glory? First, you rejoice despite your circumstances. You rejoice with unspeakable joy joy because of what he has already done for you. A new life, a living hope, and he's giving you an inheritance in heaven which is incorruptible. That should be because of joy. If you stop reading the word of God right there, man, we have Full of joy. We should be full of joy. We should be full of joy. But The first thing to get ready, you need to rejoice. The second, hold on to your faith in him. The second thing that we read so far. Hold on to your faith in him who you have not seen yet you love. We were not there 2,000 years ago to see him. Yet we believe the word that has been spoken to us through the apostles. And their disciples, and that word has traveled two thousand years and has reached you and me. That's an amazing fact. Amazing that that word that the Peter spoke, this letter, which was written on a parchment of animal skins, survived, was copying hand down over and over, carefully copy, carefully copy, word by word, carefully. Many people died, for that, for that word to reach you and I today. Many people have died and given their life so you and I can have this word today. So rejoice. Rejoice despite the circumstances. And I know, I know that like people who are sick in that congregation, they're going through a tough time. Pray for them. Pray for them. Lift them up. Call them. Text them. And rejoice together. And when they're sad, let's get sad together. We're family. And when we get happy, we just get happy together. But let's remember in whom we believe. The king of glory. He's coming back. Let's get ready for his return. Let's jump to verse 13 now. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Three times now. Third reference that Peter does to the return of Jesus Christ. So what does this grab your loins mean? I use the old English. I like that term, but what does it mean? It's a very old term. So I have a picture that hopefully will come up. I don't know if you can really see it. But in the olden days, like my son likes to say, people used to wear these robes, right? And they look nice, but there's so much you can do with those. You can, you know, if you had to work, you had to bend down and pick up things or if you had to fight, it was very hard for you to do that. So in order to get ready, you had to grab your loins, meaning you had to raise up the rope, pull it up to the front so it's kind of tight in the back, like the picture, right? And then you pull that behind you, and you tie the excess in the front, like this. Can you mind doing that today? You go like this, and then you're ready. Like, see that guy over there? He's ready to fight. Man, you better run away. (laughs) <laughs> praise God you have to do that but when you go to work or when you have to go out to do yard work you, I, don't, I don't dress like this I get my words clothes and my working boots and, and that's what growing up the loins of your mind mean so what does it mean that Peter is saying get your mind ready for action get your mind ready for action get your mind ready for action Be sober, which means be under self-control. But before that, um, last, last year I mentioned something about the kingdom of God. I hope you remember. I said the kingdom of God is an assertion of divine power in action. It's exercising your divine authority with confidence and force. The kingdom of God is about action. So your mind needs to be ready for action. That's what Peter is saying here. Be ready for action. Be ready for action and be sober, which means be under self-control. Self-control and hope to the end. Be sober, get ready. Be always ready for action. Don't let yourself be caught with the rope hanging loose like this, (laughs) amen. (laughs) That's a funny picture. Anyway, don't get caught unprepared. Be ready, be ready for action. Whatever the Lord calls you to do, go speak to that person across the street. Go preach today. I only got a few days to prepare, by the way, <laughs> okay, so I have to get ready. But praise God, be ready. we're ready. We always ready. We try to get ready. We're ready to call to pray for somebody. Call somebody. Go visit somebody to the hospital. Bring somebody food. Be ready. We always be ready for action, and be sober, meaning being self under self control. Be under self control. You have been given the power. Through the Holy Spirit to control yourself. You are no longer under the power of the darkness. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. You are under the power of the Holy Spirit. And as long as you let yourself be guided by that, you will be under self control. Control your words, your actions. That's what Peter is saying. And we're going to read on verse 14 and 16 to finalize. It says, As obedient children, verse 14, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust, in your ignorance. But as he which has called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of living. Verse 16, because it is written be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I. It's not an option. It's not an option. It doesn't say try to be holy. It doesn't say that, right? That's not what my Check up your version. If you don't believe my version, check up your version. It doesn't say try to be. It says be holy. Why? Because he's holy. Stop doing the things that you used to do when before the Lord saved you, when you were ignorant. I was ignorant. There is no excuse for being ignorant now because the truth has been revealed to you. And you can know as much as you are willing to receive. You can know as much as you are willing to receive. The Lord is not going to push you more than you're not willing to go. He's not going to push you. He's going to talk. He's going to put a little pressure on you. But if you resist the Holy Spirit, He's going to back away. He's going to walk away. Okay. You don't want to I had this to reveal to you, my son. I have this revelation I want to give to you. So, don't resist them. Don't resist. Don't be ignorant like you and I were in the past. You have been given a new life, a living hope. So, you receive. So, stop doing the things that you used to be. How do you get ready to receive the King of Glory then? Let's stop watching those things that you used to watch before. You know that the average American spends six to eight hours a day watching some streaming video? I'm blessed if I get six to eight hours of sleep a day. <laughs> so I don't know where you get the time to do that. But what are you doing with your spare time? You all have some spare time. Nobody here works 24 hours a day. And even if you have two jobs, you still have some spare time. I'm sure you can have some spare time. What are you doing with that? What are you doing? We need to be holy in all manner of living. And all means all, right? All means all. The way you speak, the way you dress, the way you walk, the way you walk, the attitude that you bring to your workplace, the attitude that you bring to your family. All of that, all of that should speak of holiness. All of it, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you conduct yourself at work, the way you conduct yourself with your friends, the way you conduct yourself when nobody's watching. There's always somebody watching. God our Father, because he's trying to protect you. But you think there, sometimes you think that there isn't anybody. The way you behave in those moments should speak of holiness. People should see something different in you when they see you, when they hear you, and that you get jealous, that you want what you have, that that hope, that peace, that joy in the middle of frustrations and crazy things. And at that moment, that's your opportunity to share the gospel with them. When they say, I want what you have, how can I have it? How can I have it? That's your opportunity to speak the word of God to a dying world. So you, how do you get ready to receive the king of glory? We live a holy life. So let me bring it all together. Are you getting ready to receive the king of glory? Are you getting ready to receive the king of glory? Are you rejoicing? Knowing that you have been given a new life, a living hope, an incorruptible inheritance. And you rejoice, and despite going through difficult time right now, knowing that God himself is getting you ready for his son's return. Rejoice. So how do you prepare to receive a king of glory? First, you rejoice. You rejoice. You rejoice. You rejoice. You put some praise music if you have to. If you have to shout and jump in your room, go ahead and do that. Don't worry about it. If whatever you have to do, pick up the Word of God. Read your favorite Psalm, your favorite passage. And encourage yourself. David said he encouraged himself with the Lord. Go talk to the Godfather. He's available 24 7. Don't call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I won't answer the phone. But God will be there to answer, and He will be there to answer your call. Cry, you had to cry. I cry many times. You know, before the Lord saved me, I hardly cry before. I thought that was because I was a tough guy. After the Lord saved me, man. Phew, anything gets me crying these days. Anything. To so cry if you had to cry. Call somebody. But rejoice. Second thing, is your mind ready for action? If your mind ready for action, how do you receive the King of Glory. How do you get ready? Your mind needs to be ready for action. When you wake up, as you leave these doors, as you wake up tomorrow, if the Lord gives us another day, and you prepare to go to work or whatever, is your, ra- is your mind ready for action? If your mind is ready for action, are you under self-control, hoping to the end? How is your behavior? How is your words? How are you behaving when that boss tells you to do something that you know is n- <laughs> stupid? <laughs> yeah, you've been asked sometimes to do that, right? Sometimes you got to deal with bosses that are not the greatest. Sometimes you're blessed by having a great boss. Sometimes you're blessed with great coworkers, but sometimes you have a coworker that is a little difficult to deal with. Maybe they're placing in there for a reason. <laughs> to try your faith. So that you can be under self-control, hoping to the end, self-control. And the last thing, are you living a holy life? Are you living a holy life? How do we get ready to receive the king of glory? 2,000 years ago, the people in Jerusalem had the opportunity. Let's not miss our opportunity to receive him in the way that he needs to be received. Get ready, get ready to receive the king of glory conduct yourself in a holy life and if there is some area you're struggling with go to god ask him to give you give that area away to him i'm having a situation here i cannot control my eyes lord i need your power so i can see the things that you want me to see and stop watching those things that are tempting me don't be afraid god already knows He's only waiting for you to ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and it shall be open. You don't have because you don't ask. So ask. You need power. The Lord has already given you power to live a holy life. So let us get ready for his second coming. Let us get ready. So let's pray. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you that we can read your word and that your word is good. I pray that your words will just be instilled in our hearts and our minds, Father God. And that you will help us, Father God, to be ready to receive you. Holy Spirit, reveal those areas that we need to clean in our house that we may be ready for your coming. And if there's somebody here who has yet to receive the King of Glory for the first time. Today is your day. Today is your day. If there's somebody here or watching online who has never ever accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, today is your day. Today is your day. Do not miss your opportunity to receive him for the first time. If that is you, here in the sanctuary, I want you to stand so I can pray with you. And if somebody is online who wants to receive the King of Glory for the very first time, you can send me a chat on the YouTube or send me an email at a church email address. And I can pray with you. I can pray with you. Do not miss this opportunity. Do not miss this opportunity. It doesn't matter how many years you've been coming to church. It doesn't matter if you have not received the King of Glory Truly in your heart, do not walk away today and miss that opportunity. So if that is you, stand, don't be ashamed. I'll pray with you. I've done it, I it many times before to make sure. I want you to live here without making sure that you have received the king of glory. And if that is you online, again send me a chat, send me an email, pastorcarlos at sfanj.com, and I will follow up with you. don't miss this opportunity Father we thank you for your word we thank you for your Holy Spirit we thank you for your Holy Spirit so now to the church are you getting ready to receive the king of glory are you getting ready for his second coming is there something in your life that you must let go if there is an area of your house that needs to be clean, and all you've been doing is piling up the garbage in that room, hoping nobody will notice. Do not be ashamed. I want you to stand so I can pray with you. Just stand so I can pray with you. And if you're online, they saying, send me a chat message, send me an email so I can pray with you. But if there is some area in your life that you need to give to the Lord, so that your house can be ready for His second coming, I want you to stand. Stand. Don't be ashamed. I'm not here to judge anybody. In fact, I'm already standing because I have errors in my life that I need to give to the Lord. And the first to recognize that I'm not perfect, and the first to recognize that I have failed the Lord many times, and the first to recognize that I'm not worthy to receive Him. I'm not. And neither are you. You need his power and his Holy Spirit to cleanse you of all unrighteousness so that when he comes you can rejoice and say Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So if that is you, stand so I can pray with you. Do not be ashamed. Do not walk away today and miss the blessing that the Lord has for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, O Lord, for those who are standing right now, Father God. Thank you, Lord. You know their circumstances. You know what they're going through. But you're a God of mercy and who has promised, who has promised to never leave us, nor forsake us. So I pray right now over their life that whatever it is that they need to give to you that they will give it to you and that your Holy Spirit will take control of those areas and give them self control so that they can live a holy life and people can see the difference in their life thank you for those who are standing right now bless them in a mighty way because they recognize the need that they have of more of you they recognize that they need you thank you Lord for Holy Holy Spirit revealing that to them Thank you. And let your Holy Spirit just take control of their life. I pray for a full measure of Holy Spirit. I pray that you will just fill them up with your Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. That as they walk, they will just, just, just people will sense that difference in them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Give them more of your Holy Spirit. More of your Holy Spirit in their life. Cleanse them. Cleanse those areas of their life that needs to be cleansed. Lord, as they seek you right now, thank you for my brothers and sisters who are standing. And if you are online, I thank God for your life. I thank you that you will be obedient to his Holy Spirit talking in your heart. Father, move. Move in a precious way in these great families. Father, move again, Father God, that they may rejoice with you. Thank you, O Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, O Lord. We praise you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. At this time, why don't we all stand and we're going to work. ask the worship team, we're going to sing one last song, amen. And you have your palms in there. Let's receive the King of Glory with a song. But most importantly, I pray that you will get ready for his second coming. I pray that these words will not just be forgotten tomorrow, but that you will go back.